Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett. This is the podcast where I talk with immensely creative people about their projects, their process, their lessons learned along the way. And my friend Skinner is back. He was here for um, episode 15, I believe, of the podcast in season one. So I'm so stoked to have Skinner back for season two. We recorded this episode during the pandemic, but before this revolutionary time that's happening right now where laws are being changed, peaceful protests, riots, police brutality. There's so many intense emotions um, and so much beauty and ugliness all happening at the same time. So I just wanted to set the tone with you that this is a conversation we had before that. So we're, we're really talking quite a bit about our lives during quarantine and uh, how to set our minds to think more positively, which can certainly serve us super well right now while folks are marching, um, creating incredible art. Vibrant visionaries are out there in droves. I see you. I'm inspired by you. And um, I'm going to be sharing a link to our um, Instagram accounts because Skinner and I have both been sharing a lot of um, creatives of color on our Instagrams. And so go check those out and, uh, you know, follow all the folks that inspire you. Skinner has been sharing a lot of incredible artists. some who I'd heard of and some who I hadn't. And two more things about this episode. One is in um, typical Heidi and Skinner mode, we are just blah, 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 blahing along. <laughs> so uh, when you hear the uh, it, our conversation, it's just sort of midstream of us talking about my phone dying and, and there was just real no real natural introduction. So you're just, you're going to plop right into our stream of consciousness conversation. And then right at the end, Skinner shares a thought. Uh, he shares a, a Ram Dass thought and then bam, we're out. And the reason is, is because this conversation was, oh my gosh, about an hour and 20 minutes. And so I decided that it would be um, an awesome two-parter. So you're going to hear Skinner talk and then we'll be out and I'll do a quick little outro. But uh, that's why it's sort of abrupt like that. So just wanted to let you know. Yeah, enjoy this episode and um, we'll see you on the other side. Ciao. <laughs> had to do a reboot i had this yeah. <laughs> this thing where my itunes so okay so a few weeks ago uh-huh my phone died and it was like it would not could not be revived it was just it would show low battery and then it would just went black oh man and i was like what the fuck <laughs> is going on and so steve jobs (laughs) (laughs) so i had this full weekend of the phone being like downstairs in the basement because brian was trying to see if he could revive it like Mm -hmm. on his laptop which he could not do and he ordered this like fix-it kit and a battery and all that stuff so i had this whole weekend that was actually really awesome because no phone i couldn't get on social media. I couldn't, you know, I mean, I sure I could on my computer, but my phone is definitely the place I kind of like most people sort of might yeah. manically check, you know, yeah, the tiny, the tiny internet. 
Yes, my my tiny hand internet that's always uh-huh. there and has caused almost certainly permanent numbness in my right thumb from oh, overusing. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, and then and Brian was like, "Oh, um have you backed up your phone lately or you know, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I haven't backed up my phone, you know, connected it to the laptop and back, backed it up for who knows how long." So <laughs> <laughs> then the next week, all of a sudden, it the phone worked again, just like magically, it has no problems, it's totally fine. It like yeah. needed it needed a little vacation. Oh yeah, it needed a total vacation. I, know. <laughs> I feel so blessed that Brian is you know, like he thinks very logically and can very yeah. yeah with logic and not too much emotion. Just be like, oh, try this. Oh, try that. You know, he's very tactical. Oh, so way. he's a he's a Spock. He's a so so, so, so Spocky. and we're and we're uh, Captain Kirk's, and we're and so we're we're like fucking everything up and going crazy and being impulsive and fighting lizard men and shit. And then and then Spock's like, uh, "That was a big mistake. You shouldn't have done that." You're like, "I know, but I am the captain of this stupid ship." Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's something I'm really learning a lot this year is how when I talk about things. And when I'm thinking about things and sharing things is that I talk about it from an emotional, like how things hit me emotionally, like whether it's watching a TV or a movie or music or just like having a conversation with somebody, it's, mm. it's less about what they're, I mean, certainly sometimes it's about what people are saying, but like, it's less about that and more about how I emotionally respond, like even if I don't even understand it at first and I have to like process it, like that conversation left me feeling frightened and confused. Right. <laughs> what was that all about? You know, or yeah. like I feel like talk it out. Yeah. I think it is when you have like a, like kind of an emotional connection to things. I mean, I, I think it's kind of a skill to be able to access the world and experiences through emotional availability and stuff but i also know that it's can totally come back and really backfire you uh on you because it's sort of like a double-edged sword you know it's like emotional intelligence then often becomes like you're almost unable to shield yourself from the world in a lot of ways you know because i mean that's that's one thing i notice where i'm like okay you know, like the dumbest person on earth is the president and they literally make everything worse day to day. Or the fact is like, I, I'm like, without trying to get too depressed or anything, I'm like, well, Western civilization is built on like some of the kind of like worst aspects of like human selfishness and stuff and individualism. And it just feels like shockingly lacking in love or connection or something. And so then like, I'll just think about that and be like, Oh, cool. Like it's hard for me to not feel dilapidated and depressed. Cause I'm like, our civilization is leading the way to like end hu- human, like life and humankind or something. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm like one day I'm like, I see it. And then, you know, what's funny is like, I'll think that, and then mm-hmm. I'll see, I'll see like a little dog or something, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, 
a little dog, you know, and then I'll just be like <laughs> so happy, you know. So it's like it's kind of weird. It's kind of like you, you gotta, I gotta get it under control or something, you know. It's like I don't that know. Actually, I, I'm really glad you framed it out that way because I was thinking today about this book I read by this speaker who I have, um, I've seen in person at uh, Spirit at Spirit Rock, and he's a a therapist, and he teaches mindfulness and Buddhism, and he's a. Uh, Is it Jack Cornfield? No, but his name's Rick Hansen. Oh, cool. He's in that Jack Cornfield realm. Um, nice. Uh, he, he 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 teaches the science of the brain. Uh, you know, neuroscience. Oh, that and sounds good. Yeah, he has this book that's called Hardwiring Happiness. Oh man, I got to get on that. It's really good, and I even like had a book club on it a couple of years ago here in the Bay Area, and and so I was thinking about it the other day because I was thinking about what you were saying right there, which is, so I, I can explain the, the nugget of oh, the book, like the, okay. the gist of the book. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I think there'll be some useful things maybe I can share today that people can get some use out of. So yes, the, let's hear the, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, <laughs> I'm ready to learn. Let us learn. Let yeah. it, let it yes. flow. Yeah. So, um, since I am not him, I will speak in Heidi terms the way I can communicate. Sure. Yeah. But the, the gist of it is that he explains our, uh, monkey minds and our lizard brains, our lizard brain, our simplest, you know, knee jerk reaction to things is that fight or flight, that fear reaction, right? So we get flooded with all this stuff and it feels scary. So the things that are scary to us, they give this physical response to us. Like, uh, uh, I think that he describes it in the book and you may have heard this and other things like that, that uh, evolutionarily, you know, there used to be tigers that might be around the corner or wolves at the door. So those things are still hardwired in our systems, like that things that scary could be out there. So we're like, huh? so, so we're right. hardwired right now in our evolution as, as human beings that the, those negative or scary or almost traumatizing experiences latch onto us like Velcro. So like our brains, like just, you know, those right. Like we happen- like, like they, they get stored, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your brain is learning how to live in a primordial world where danger is behind every corner. And right. so your brain is sort of like being like, okay, when you see the weeds kind of move a little bit like that, that means there's a crocodile over there. Or like when, you know, if you stay out, past a certain time at night, then panthers come. And you know that because you've seen somebody's little kid get taken away by a panther and it was nightmarish or whatever. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, so his um, conceit in the book is to hardwire yourself for happiness. You need to think more and it's not just like think positive, but to think more about things that are joyful because right now our evolutionary body and brain are because they're hardwired for the the negative 
experiences and those latch on and live in us more easily. And the good experiences slide off of us like Teflon or, (laughs) you know, nonstick, right? Mm -hmm. So he's saying like that stuff just glides right by. It's kind of like when you've, what I also think of is like when you accomplish something that you've worked really, really hard for and you don't stop to celebrate it, you just kind of like go, okay, what's the next thing? Like you, you, you don't, that's something that a lot of us do. Like we just don't even like think about it. We're just like, okay, that's done. Okay. Next thing. Yeah, for sure. But also the experience you were talking about, which is like feeling overwhelmed by humanity and, and leadership right now, which is horrible (laughs) toilet leadership. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, it's like an exploded toilet. Oh my God. Uh, and so that stuff, yeah, as emotional human beings that, that like experience the world, <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? Oh, and yeah. it's super easy to get really mired in that. But you can also see that puppy and just be like, oh my God, cute puppy, cute puppy. Yeah. So- yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny to observe. It, like, I was literally walking around the lake, really bummed out, thinking about all this horrible stuff. And then I saw this like little puppy in the grass Mm -hmm. and I just, my whole entire mood shifted and I just was like, Oh, that was interesting. Like, that's so weird, you know, cause you can kind of observe it. You can observe Mm -hmm. like your mood shifting. And anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Keep going. No, no, no. You're not interrupting at all. In fact, you're, you're, um, giving examples. Okay. I'm helping. You are helping. You're a helper, Skinner. You yeah, get okay. a gold star right. next to your name on the board. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> All of the chapters of the book beyond the first chapter that explains why our brains are like this. And, and for people who want the science behind it, you know, pick up Hardwired for Happiness and then, you know, you can read and understand the science behind it. But then the rest of the chapters are really about how, like many different ideas about how to think about good things and let those reverberate and start to stick. And so Mm. the hardwiring for happiness is to, you're training your brain to spend time sucking in that good stuff and really thinking about it and enjoying it and and starting to let it, what you were wanting to do is like tip yourself towards being more hardwired for happiness right. than hardwired for fear and anxiety, which is like right now at like a, a level of which we've mm-hmm. never experienced before on a global level. Oh, so yeah. it's something we can experience like that. So the other day, the way I was, I was doing it was. I was sitting and just thinking about something awesome that that when I went to Fantastic Fest in 2018, I flew to Austin for the first time and got to meet all these filmmakers and creators and podcasters and writers and all these really funny comedians and all these people and eat really, really good food. So, So I spent time sitting and just with my eyes closed, I thought about, how delicious the tacos smelled, what the mm. air felt like, the the fact that I was driving around Austin and that there was lightning and thunder at certain times, and then it was sunny, and then I met Doug Benson and hung out with him for a bit, and then I met yeah. 
you know, and talked with filmmakers, but, but I let myself experience it like from top to bottom in and out what movies I saw and that I'd sit and think about the comfort of the chairs and the sound system and the, the, the screen. And then getting to listen to like Karin Kusama talk about her movie destroyer and do Q and a, and like, it, it, it was just this feeling of warmth of, cause I was there for a week and I got right. to experience like a week full of all this amazing stuff. So one of the ways you can har hardwire for happiness is just think about it's not being in denial of what's current. It's it's managing your stress and giving yourself the endorphins and the good feelings of going, oh, this is a happy memory. You know? Yeah, I guess like people don't, a lot of people don't maybe understand that it's like, it's very much, um, I, I struggle with it. I struggle with like, I'm like the most you know, I'm like so happy and joyful and ridiculous and fun, but I'm also like insanely nihilistic and depressed and just sort of like negative. But I protect people from that. Usually I try really hard to not like spread that around, you know, but mm -hmm. like in, in having depression and feeling disconnected from the world and I don't know, just generally kind of not understanding why I felt so weird and upset and mad my whole life or whatever. I started to research that like brain chemistry and, and um, I haven't read this book, but I read like a bunch of these other sort of like uh, spiritual books, Jack Cornfield stuff and mm -hmm. just like all like just searching out. Right. And so the hardware, the thing that's interesting is that you really are existing and, and living the things that you're thinking about. Like you're saying, like you had this amazing really illuminating experience about like how fun your life was just for a week. It's like you sitting there and listen and thinking about that and reliving it and like really feeling the positivity of it is actually changing the neuron pathways in your brain. And I, I would, that's like the hardwired part that I never really understood. I was like, Oh, how does this work? And then I found out that in your brain, there's these sort of like, there's this matter, it's sort of this like free floating matter building blocks for neuron pathways and um, mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's really interesting because it's like, do you ever notice that, you know, when you're in college and you're studying and you're like, you're studying and you're reading a ton and you're retaining a lot of knowledge and you're really like, your brain is really on fire and you're really smart, and really sharp. And then like you don't read or something for, you know, six months or something. And and then you go back, you're like, I don't even know how to read in that good anymore. And I don't, you know, it's because what happens is your brain with this sort of free floating molecular like scaffolding inside of your mind built these uh, expansive neuron pathways for you to get stronger at the things that you were really doing a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just like going to the gym or something. So like with people that are feeling love and frequently thinking love loving thoughts and not like paranoid and suspicious or thinking or or you know jeal jealousy or or feeling mad or feeling spurned or having a victim mentality or you know it's like all this stuff it's like if you can mindfully change i guess the things that you're thinking about to to try to rebuild those pathways with the the actual 
matter inside of your brain, you do actually feel so much better, I think, after a while. And I think like it's – I've seen it in my life. Like I think that sometimes, you know, you're like feeling really good and you're doing your – you know, you're doing your emotional work and you're – thinking positive, you know, positive thoughts and you're doing really good. And then like a few shitty things in your life will happen. And then you'll kind of like get stuck. Like, man, that was fucked up. Like that, that really made me mad. And you, and then all of a sudden, like the negativity kind of builds. And then all of a sudden you're just like kind of depressed again. And that the person that you were when you're all positive and optimistic and loving and kind of free flowing with no attachments and stuff is, is, not around anymore. <laughs> now you're like this, right. the, the Grinch again. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. all grinched out. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's going to happen. Like that's oh, going yeah. to happen. So what, what we're discussing right now is applying and practicing in your real life, like not just reading a book, but then practicing what it feels like to think about something pleasant. And, um, you know, another thing which you talking about, you know, observing a cute dog is that, yeah, just like watching things that are really funny or (laughs) goofy videos or like Uh last night we looked at baby alpacas on youtube and oh I was just my like, oh, god. god you know it's the <laughs> like, best but, but when you realize that like doing stuff like that like you said it's literally changing the chemical stuff in your brain and and it's literally changing the default setting at least the way i understood it and like i said i'm, I'm using my hiding language so you right. know, go to the books for the science go to the websites for the science but that scientifically is backed that you are changing things so that, yeah, so that when you do go into the negative doldrums, you don't stay in them as long because you're able to access that joy a little faster. Mm-hmm. We also want to feel, you know, we want to feel our pain and mourn when we need to mourn. And I've noticed a lot of people, you know, posting about like how a lot of us are you know, mourning the the loss of our kind of regular routine or mourning, you know, literal deaths that are happening and such. And mm-hmm. and that is very important to mourn. But it's it, what what's important for me to share and, you know, for us to to discuss on a podcast like this where we're talking with with creative minded, you know, emotionally intelligent and emotionally like sensitive and cued in creative types is like, what do you do once you're like, okay, I'm done mourning. (laughs) Now, where do I go from here? And the way that my um, coach, Melissa, uh, several years back when I was in a deep depression, the way that she helped me understand it was one way was when I was feeling shitty thoughts and I just couldn't figure out how to get out of it. Like I can feel like, isn't there something I need to do some protocol to like make me magically get out of this? Like, yeah. funk? like what is the thing? Cause I wanted to work on it. And she said at first, just observe it and observe it like just a bunch of monkey. And I, I really like to be able to visualize things. It helps me a lot, like seeing it. So she said like, okay, imagine you're out in a meadow and you're just kicked kicking back and you're looking up at some trees and in those trees are a bunch of monkeys and they're just slinging shit at each other (laughs) (laughs) and they're just like throwing shit shits everywhere and instead of trying to fix those monkeys like just just observe them and just be like 
that's interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. I yeah. don't know what's going on. So she, <laughs> she was inviting me to like observe my thoughts, but not, not try to fix. And that mm. gave me a sense of relief that I wasn't having to jump in and fix because like what you said, when you're in those, when you're in that negative shitty space, when you're feeling depressed and down, it, you don't have as much access to that brain, the one that's um, firing all on all cylinders when you're learning new things and feeling excited and learning new knowledge. Like it's not as accessible when you feel depressed. So instead of making it even harder on yourself by trying to yank yourself out of there, like pull yourself up out of the well, like start by just observing and do your best to not judge where you're at. And then what I've, what I've found and what I've worked on with clients is like, then yes, you can start to access like more balanced thought, more thought like, okay, well, there are things that aren't great in the world right now. What can I control? What can I not control? And try to not give power to the things you cannot control because that's a waste of our energy. Yeah. And then we can control, like you said, how we think and react to things that we can control. Yeah. That's like the only thing that you can control. <laughs> totally. I think like, I think the thing that I, I really notice about a lot, a lot of just straight up suffering that I see in people or my friends or in my life or, you know, things is like anytime we're trying to control something, it just creates so much struggle. You know, it's like the attachments, you know, the, the main Buddhist ethos about not having attachments. It's sort of like, I don't know. Sometimes it happens. I'm like something, something, something I made breaks. I go, all right, well that broke. Like that's it, you know, or I mess up a painting. I go, well, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll try to fix it, I guess. Or something, you know, it's like trying to control, not control stuff and just kind of be okay with whatever. And especially I think in, in the modern world of the, you know, apocalypse beauty pageant that we live in in america is sort of like the be- the most badass thing you could do is not get caught up and not really totally. you know it's like just not giving a shit about all this stuff and, and 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 the thing is is the more you see the, the more you see it for the kind of hilarious like like almost humiliating circus you know, just the whole thing, like the whole way that it's all going. And then to not take it serious in tandem with not taking yourself that serious, you could actually get Mm -hmm. a pretty, a pretty good deal going, you know, (laughs) like you could get, you could feel like, yeah, man, I don't give a shit. All this is a big old joke. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to stay young and cool and relevant and like, uh, trying to, you know, compete and do all this shit, you know, it's like, it's like, it's so weird. Like even motivational speakers or something, you know, like the thing that I kind of have been enjoying about the quarantine situation is that ultimately we're all brought together by powerlessness, you know, and we're all sort of in the same boat. It's really even the playing field in a lot of ways. And like, uh, I saw some tweet somebody did where it was like, this quarantine is really 
has really exposed the whole, you know, rise and grind Twitter hashtag people. And it's kind of exposed them to be like, Hey, like nonstop achieving stuff is not a real personality. You know, it's like, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that everything has slowed down and that we're all sort of at the behest of the universe. I mean, unfortunately there are stupid people between us and some positive things happening, but really everybody's kind of detoxing off of certainty or whatever, you know, it's like, totally. no, no, yeah. nobody, nobody knows what's, totally. nobody knows what's happening. And so this is where you really see the truth in a lot of stuff. And like, clearly a lot of other countries that are like, you know, Hey, so we have universal healthcare and we're going to freeze rents and we're going to give people universal basic income because this is where decency rears its head. And then you have America, which is just completely a clusterfuck. Like it's, it's just like completely nightmarish and bizarre. And it's really weird to watch people react, but it's kind of like, I don't know, a crisis in a lot of ways reveals things that we need to look at. And I think it is that, but I also don't know if it's going to change, but I think the thing is, is that within all this chaos, I'm just trying really hard to kind of keep my side of the street clean and just be like, well, I'm going to be sweet and fun and loving to people. And I'm not going to get mad when everybody tells me it's a conspiracy theory or something, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm just trying to cruise along and, and not create more problems, but to like be, be more nice and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, That's totally. It. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's there are things that are horrendous mm -hmm. and there are a lot of things that we have a nexus of control over. And and when I say nexus of control, I mean like e even that is still just an illusion, you know. <laughs> but oh, yeah. you know, but but the thing that I guess we do have and I guess I don't really like the word control. Even that seems really heavy, but it's the attitude that we the lens that we see things through really helps us in these times. And so yeah, doing your best to to be kind to those around you and kind to yourself and and be a loving person. We're all sort of being torn down and at our base of like where we mm -hmm. it's yeah, kind of it's I revealing it's revealing it's a reveal lot. Of, yeah, it's revealing because yeah. you know what? This is the thing is like is like it's really fascinating to to watch the sort of political moral fabric being like stretched and and pulled because there are people who are like hey so this is like a pandemic and the thing that you should do is to try to like lessen the suffering and the death of other people is to um you know stay apart and quarantine and everybody's gonna have a hard time and it's gonna be weird but this is what we gotta gotta do for the the greater good to pull it together for each other and um this is really requiring us to kind of exhibit a community, a civic mindedness that is usually not reserved for America. And, and then you, and you and there's people who are like, yeah, dude, totally. I don't want your friends or my family or your family or people I don't know to die and suffer needlessly because I'm inconvenienced. 
And then you have people who are like, dude, straight up, my freedom is at risk. I am not going to sacrifice shit for you. This is like, this is all not even real. This is conspiracy shit. This is whatever. And so you're really seeing it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's like in the last couple of years, everything has been kind of revealed, you know, like I really feel like, um, where, where people stand as far as their emotional center is on display. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm actually really, it's really shocking the kinds of people where I'm like, wait, you don't, you think this might not be real or something or like you, you know, you know, you know what I mean? And like, and I'm all, and I'm always like, kind of like, oh, that's fascinating. But I do have very, I would say like a very easily triggered sense of justice where I'm like, you know, well, you're an idiot. So you need to shut up and stop, you know, doing things that is going to essentially threaten somebody else's life or whatever. Like I, I, you know, and, and so it's really weird. Like I, I have to like step back and not be mad, but just be like, dude, there's, there's also a possibility that like Bill Gates didn't create this situation. You know, there's a possibility that 5G towers are not responsible for this. There's there's a possibility that this is actually a symptom of humankind's inability to interact with nature in a respectful manner, which is how all the other viruses and all everything else comes. Right. You know, it's like it's like, dude, like I don't know how to like it's like everybody um Instead of going to and starting at the most obvious base of like, oh, what, how could this have possibly happened? Everybody's like, dude, it's 5G. Uh, it's making this Bill Gates is a reptile. Uh, the earth is flat. Like I can't like it's really it's really strange because I'm open to all weirdo concepts of reality. I'm really fascinated and interested in it. But there are there is a point at which it becomes extraordinarily irresponsible when people feel entitled to act out not in accordance with the herd in a way that's like individualistic and they're like no i'm going this way now and it's like well cool well how many people are going to actually get sick and die or be affected for the rest of their life because you don't want to be inconvenienced for a couple of months, just like everybody else, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing I'm taking away from that mostly is, and I, and I know you don't mean literally everybody, but that it's really important when you say everybody, you're what I'm taking away that to me is an important takeaway. I believe yeah. is that it is not everybody, but that that vocal majority oh, yeah. is always the loudest. And they're also when we're seeing news or seeing Twitter or whatever, is that that stuff is being thrown at us the most and people reacting to it the most, even if it's in a funny way. And it's like some of our favorite comedians or whatever, like reacting and making us laugh about it, which is another coping mechanism, but that those folks, they're also in the same hardwired for negativity. So for them it's right so, now so their, sense, yeah. their sense of control is to try to 
try to make sense of it the way it makes sense to them, which unfortunately is from a place of deep paranoia and mistrust. And yeah. what, what, so what's really important for us is to say, like, that's true for those people. They are having that experience. I can have compassion for them. That doesn't mean I believe or am happy about what they're doing. But compassion just means you're recognizing their suffering. That's really. Oh, I have it. I have I have compassion for it. But I'm like kind of i i don't know i saw this is like carl sagan quote where he's like in this country we, we've start, there's been this like uh interesting movement where people who are un- uneducated and uh not knowledgeable about a lot of facts and science feel like their opinion is as valid as people who spend their lives researching this stuff and proving it and and looking up all this stuff and i don't i don't blame people for not trusting government and the status quo because it's easy to look at it as a manipulative entity and it has been in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but you kind of have to like look at the context of all things and look at like what what's the motivation here like what's this and then i also am always kind of blown away at Like, I almost kind of feel like this searching for conspiracies is very much in line with emotional fragility or something. Cause, like, I think that we're like, people are not really wanting to look at where we're at as like a species spiritually or something. You know, it's like anything to avoid looking at ourselves, I feel like. I think what you just said, anything to avoid looking at ourselves is why. Yeah. Why, like that's a great spot to land because, yeah, every, we're all as individuals and as, as beings doing our best and searching for answers. But yeah, or if you're searching outward and not asking questions of yourself of like, why, why am I paranoid of all this? Why do I jump to a conclusion that's a fear-based and always um, meaning that others are attacking or hurting me. Like that's an extreme thought, <laughs> you know, yeah, and since those totally. folks aren't doing that, <laughs> I know. you know, it's good for, for, or at least I feel like what I can do is try to learn more and more and be, yeah, very self-reflective about like what, what's my part? How can I, assist. And for me, it's to continue to be creatively curious and to share what the things I'm learning, but also to always encourage folks to be curious about themselves and their, and their belief system. And, and, um, you know, just be, yeah, to be, to question, you know, especially if something constantly makes you feel, unhappy because that's the thing if like how do you want to live like how do you want how do you want to I know. live your life on a daily basis what do you want your base level way of interacting with the world to be and like yeah for me it's to generally feel a sense of optimism and problem solving and creative exploration and curiosity and downright belly laugh you know stuff and and like to see art and experience art and make art and be surprised to believe that most people Mm -hmm. are compassionate 
wonderful human beings, even if right now the people that are being highlighted and getting a lot of attention are these real wang doodlers. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's so, you know what's so fascinating is like when you know when you're a little kid and you're like acting out a, a thing that teachers would sometimes often do if is ignore that kid like whenever they're acting all crazy or annoying or trying to get attention in a shitty way that mm-hmm. you know they're always like ah oh, just ignore that kid he'll like stop doing that and then it works but unfortunately in the macrocosm of the media and news and stuff we don't we don't do that you know right and it's like what are you supposed to do when the when the the least mature person is the president and you're just like well like do we keep filming this guy or what what do we do you know and so it's it's very interesting and i think ram das what he always said the only thing that i can do is work on myself and the only thing that you could do is work on yourself and the thing and i always thought that was really good because it's true it's like that's really the only thing that you could do is try really really hard to be the best person as as a way of participating like as be, you're like a candle in a room that and you're just one candle you can't light up the whole room but you know a thousand candles can all right that wraps up another episode of vibrant visionaries with heidi bennett we will release uh the second part of this conversation where we take it in all sorts of different directions and talk about a lot of skinner's current and upcoming creative projects so keep an ear out for that If you're a new listener, please subscribe at VibrantVisionaries.com and you can hear all sorts of wonderful conversations with a myriad of creative folks from filmmakers to cartoonists, writers, comedians, musicians. And we're also doing a Parks and Recreation rewatch. So you'll see some episodes there. The next one um, will be coming out after this. So uh, I'm releasing about two episodes a month of Vibrant Visionaries, just plugging along, doing the best I can during these uh, weird ass times. I also wanted to shout out David Smith. So David Smith is a friend of mine. He's a fellow podcaster and he has also started editing this podcast so i want to thank you david for helping me edit this episode and uh it's really helping me out taking back some of my precious podcasting time and then coaching time so if you're a new listener i am a coach for creative professionals You can find out more about how I help creatives uh, avoid burnout and get their creative projects done at HeidiBennett.com. All right. Ciao for now.